Howdy, Hootie Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootie Thunkin' podcast, Zeb, coming at you. I'm just going to restart. Howdy, Hootie Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootie Thunkin' podcast, Zeb, coming at you, episode 161, uh, titled Haley's Comment. Uh, Comment. <laughs> Announcement here, though, before we get into the recommendation segment where I go over uh, something I recommend you check out, like a movie, show, book, what have you. Uh, and before we get into the main topic, I want to go over a couple announcements here. Apparently, there are dozens of podcast sites out there that have my podcast on them, but I don't get any credit for them. That's fine. I mean, you know, but reason being, I haven't taken the time to create accounts in all these different platforms and claim my podcast with the RSS feed. I, I, I don't know. I, I just want to create a podcast and, and have fun with it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm not super mad about this or anything, but I am a little bit bummed that I don't get to see the actual numbers of followers slash listeners slash who to thunkers out there. I just get to see what's on Spotify and um, anchor themselves, um, which I think anchor is bought by Spotify completely now. So Spotify is pretty much all I see, but that's okay. On the bright side, that means there are more of you out there that I previously than I previously thought, uh, which would explain why the blog gets much, you know, so much traffic. Anyway, thanks for reading slash listening, Hootie Thunkers. I've been doing this since before the pandemic, the pandy, and I don't plan to stop anytime soon. Another announcement, I will be traveling a lot this year, starting in June, so just in a couple weeks, where I may not post an episode for like two, three weeks in a row. Um, not consistently posting each week is what kills a show's numbers. It kills their audience, but you know, I guess people just forget to listen to forget to tune in. And it makes sense. I listen to podcasts. If they miss a week, I'm kind of out of it. But it is my honeymoon. And I don't regret going away. And you know, who knows, maybe I'll post something while I'm in Cancun, Mexico, but no promises. I'll be on vacation. So there you have it. Now the recommendation segment this week, I recommend the HBO show Barry. Here's the plot. Disillusioned disillusioned at the thought of taking down another mark depressed low-level hitman barry berkman seeks a way out when the mid-westerner reluctantly travels to los angeles to execute a hit on an actor who is abetting a mobster's wife little does barry know that the city of los angeles may be his sanctuary he follows his target into acting class and ends up instantly drawn to the community of eager hopefuls especially dedicated student sally who becomes the object of his affection while Barry wants to start a new life as an actor, his handler, Fuchs, has other ideas, and the hitman's criminal past won't let him walk away so easily. Shannon and I, my wife and I, we binged the first season of Barry in one day. No joke. And we loved it. It's great. So check it out. Check out Barry. I think they're on season four now, or season four is finished. So you have quite a lot of show to chunk into. It's not just a one. You can't just binge it in one day like Shannon and I did. You might be able to do one season if you're really dedicated, but yeah. And they're only about a half hour, at least the first season was, which is nice. Um, a lot of shows are an hour long, and that doesn't usually bother me, but every once in a while, you just want something a little bit more um, easier to digest. Half an hour, you're in, you're out, it's good. So that's my recommendation segment. Barry, it's, on, it's an HBO original. Now for the main event, Haley's Comment. This is from NASA. Haley, and it's also the description of the blog. Haley is often called the most famous comet 
because it marked the first time astronomers understood comets could be repeat visitors to our night skies. Astronomers have now linked the comet's appearance to observations dating back more than 2,000 years, which is really cool. Halley was the last seen in, on inner skies in 1986 and was met in space by an international fleet of spacecraft. It will return in 2061 on its regular 76-year journey around the sun. So if you're listening to this now, when it comes out, um, which will be ooh, the 24th of May, 2023, then we're kind of in the generations might not see it or it'll be so long ago you won't even remember this podcast when you do. But we're in the middle, and Halley's Comet's pretty cool, got a lot of historical stuff going on. Halley's Comet, officially 1P-Halley, and the biggest claim to fame is that the, the first celestial body to be tracked as a reoccurring site in the Earth's sky. So it wasn't until a guy named Edmund Halley, 1656 to 1742, came around that came around that the astronomical community realized celestial bodies such as comets could return, and predictively so. But before Halley, the guy... The guy, not the comet. It was believed that comets only pass through our solar system once. Like So every time someone's seeing Halley's Comet, they're like, oh, look, a new comet. Um, in 1705, he applied the great Isaac Newton's theory of gravity to calculate the orbits of a bunch of different comets. And 1P Halley was the first and thus named after Edmund Halley. That's what the 1 and the P and the P is, stands for periodic because it periodically comes around. Um, straight from NASA, Halley found the similarities in the orbits of bright comets reported in 1531, 1607, 1682, and he suggested that the trio was actually a single comet making return trips. Halley correctly predicted the comet would return in 1758. History's first known periodic, quote-unquote, periodic comet was later named in his honor. The comet has since been connected to ancient observations going back more than 2,000 years. Like I said, it's featured in the famous Boy Bayeux Tapestry, which chronicles the Battle of Hastings in uh, 1066. The last time Halley visited Earth was in 1986, when we humans uh, sent some spacecraft to take a look at it. The next time it will return in 2061 as Halley returns... Uh, every 76 years. So if you're listening to this, like I said, we aren't the luckiest generation when it comes to the Halley's Comet sightings. Um, 1986, before I was born. 2061, I will be quite old. <laughs> I will be 68 years old if I make it that long. But have no fear. We can still laugh at the past generation's reactions to it. So we, <laughs> we can still laugh at them. Yeah, you think you're so lucky you get to see Halley's Comet and be an adult and remember it? Well, you're kind of idiots. Every every time it comes around, humans do weird stuff. When historians and astronomers put their heads together, they realized there is a documentation of Halley's sighting back over 2,000 years, just like that paragraph from NASA.com said, exciting stuff. So, pretty cool. The first thought, the first people thought to observe Halley's Comet was the ancient Greeks back in 466 BC. The first written observation uh, was by ancient Chinese astronomers, astronomers back in 239 BC. It was written down in the uh, oh boy, here we go. The Shi Chi Wen Hiesin Sung Kao Chronicles. <laughs> We're gonna try that again. Shi Chi Wen Hiesin Sung Kao Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can't Google that if you tried, based off my pronunciation. <laughs> so yeah, that's a pretty long time ago, 239 BC. The Babylonians noted seeing a bright comet in the sky in 164 and 87 BC. I even put a picture of the blog on the blog of the tablet that apparently says so, 
Um, not that I would know because I can't read ancient Babylonian text. Um, and to me, it literally looks like lines on a on a block, but <laughs> on a clay block. But now, apparently it says there's a comet. We think astronomers got together as historians are like, dude, this has to be Halley's. It It is one of those artifacts the British acquired, quote unquote, acquired from other countries, a.k.a. they stole artifacts from other countries and now put it in the museum. Like, look at what we found. <laughs> so one of those. And then when you Google historical Halley's comet uh, sightings, that one they that NASA mentioned, the biggest and most undisputed documentation comes from 1066 AD. Uh, William the First, usually known as William the Conqueror, and sometimes William the Bastard, a, a moniker I would love to have, Zeb the Bastard. <laughs> That'd be cool as shit. <laughs> Was the first Norman king of England, reigning from 1066 until his death in 1087, a descendant of Rollo. He was Duke of Normandy from 1035 onward. In 1066 AD, he invaded England successfully, and during the invasion, uh, they saw Halley's Comet. William even thought it brought his success, so that's the thing that made him successful, uh, the comet. The tapestry that was made to document slash honor William's invasion uh, shows Halley's Comet. And uh, I thought it was funny. These peasant dudes on the tapestry, it shows with like bowl haircuts, I guess was in style back then. <laughs> they look so dorky. It shows these bowl cut hairstyles embroidered on the tapestry, uh, pointing up at the sky where a cool looking comet is flying by. The warped dimensions of the tapestry over time makes the dudes pointing up in the air look like stoners to me. And it makes me giggle. Like the tapestry is showing a bunch of guys who snuck out of the castle for some, for a doobage 420 break. And all of a sudden one of them was like, Holy shit. Look at that thing up in the sky. And the King William was like, oh, damn, that's wild. Put that shit on my tapestry. That's dope. <laughs> like, that's the that's the vibe that the tapestry gives off. Everyone's just like, whoa, you see that? Whoa, bro. <laughs> the dimensions of their arms and their bodies, it's it's very comical. So look it up. It's a, it's a Bayou tapestry. <laughs> it's funny. Halley's Comet 1066. And then when you look up Halley's Comet in the Encyclopedia Britannica, they mention um, the comet's visits in 10, or 1301 could have inspired Giotto's old Italian, he's an old Italian artist, painting of the Star of Bethlehem in his The Adoration of the Magi, uh, which Magi refers to the Zoroastrians, the three wise men who were there at the nativity scene. Uh, reference back to my Zoroastrian episode, pretty cool. Um, it's, a, it's an ancient religion that some still do practice today. And it's really ancient. It's so old that like Alexander the Great destroyed a lot of their texts. And we don't know a lot about um, the history of Zoroastrianism, but we know it's super old. And um, the three wise men that were there at Jesus's birth were Zoroastrian like wise dudes. So that's pretty cool. Giotto would inspire the name of the European Space Agency's Giotto craft that was able to get a close look at Halley's Comet back in 1986. So a lot of this stuff, historic, I love how astronomy and history are coming together on this. It's pretty cool. The comet's pass in 1910 was particularly spectacular as the comet flew by about 13.9 uh, million miles or 22.4 million kilometers from Earth, which is about um, one fifteenth the distance between Earth and the Sun. On that occasion, Halley's Comet was captured on camera for the first time, which is pretty cool. I have a link on the blog to that. According to the biographer Albert Bigelow Payne, the writer Mark Twain said in 1909, I came in with Halley's Comet in 1835. It is coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. Twain died on April 21st, 1910, one day after the uh, perihelion, 
when the comet emerged from the far side of the sun. So pretty cool, Mark Twain, quote, fact I did not know. Keep in mind, all these historical sightings, as far as the historical record suggests, were under the impression that they were seeing an isolated event. Um, again, it wasn't until 1705 when Edmund Haley connected all these observations. And I say as far as the historical record suggests, because as far as we know today, no one said, hey, I'm pretty sure this is a re reoccurring comet. They, they like to think it's no one ever thought of it before. Very good. I always like to say just because history says this is the case, I'm not saying historians are wrong. That's all we have evidence for. But there totally could have been some dude who wrote in his journal like, what if comets come around and he accurately predicted it? And But because he wasn't some rich noble, his diary was burned, forgotten, whatever. Um, so as far as history remembers, it's, uh, you know, um, all those sightings were under the impression beforehand that they were seeing an isolated event. Um, but Edmund, Edmund Haley was the first one to got his, his words, his uh, theory written down. So he's the one we remember. And, you know, kudos to him. Here are some fun sciencey facts about Haley from NASA that I thought was cool to include. In 1986, an international fleet spacecraft met the comet for an unprecedented study from a variety of vantage points. The science fleet included Japan's Susei and Sakigake spacecraft, the Soviet Union's Vega 1 and Vega 2, repurposed after a successful Venus mission, the international ISEE uh, 3 ICE. Uh, spacecraft in the European Space Agency's Giotto, NASA's Pioneer 7 and Pioneer 12 also contributed to the bounty of science data collected. Each time Haley, uh, each time Haley, Haley's comet, each time Haley returns to the inner solar system, its nuclear sprays ice and rock into space. This debris stream results in two week meteor showers each year. The Eta uh, Aquarids in May and the Or. Orionids in October. <laughs> Haley's dimensions are about 9.3 by 5 miles or 15 kilometers by 8 kilometers. It is one of the darkest or least reflective objects in the solar system, which is crazy to think of it from our perspective because it looks really bright. But anyway, compared to other things, it, it, it's a, it has an albedo of 0.03, uh, which means that it reflects only 3% of the light that falls on it, so not very reflective at all. It's a very dirty hunk of ice. With each orbit around the sun, a comet the size of Halley uh, loses an estimated 3 to 10 feet, 1 to 3 meters of material from the surface of its nucleus. Thus, as the comet ages, it eventually dims in appearance and may lose all uh, the ices um, in its nucleus. The tail tails disappear at the stage and the comet uh, finally evolves into a dark mass of rock material or perhaps dissipates into dust. Scientists calculate that an average periodic uh, comet lives to complete around 1,000 trips around the sun. Halley has been in its present orbit for at least 16,000 years, but it has shown no obvious signs of aging in its recorded appearances. Comets are usually un are named for their discoverers um, or for the name of the observatory or telescope used in the discovery. The official name of 1P Haley um, is 1P Haley. Since Haley correctly predicted and the return of the comet, the first such prediction, it is named to honor him. The letter P indicates the Haley is periodic comet. So that's what I said. You know, it keeps coming around. It's like a perennial flower. It comes around just not every year, every 76 years. Periodic comets have an orbital period of less than 200 years. A sobering side fact, the astronauts aboard Challenger's STS-51L mission were also scheduled to look at the comet, but the Challenger infamously exploded shortly after launch and on national television, 
and uh, for people of the generation that are alive for it, that's that's like the thing that they remember first. My generation, we re- we usually remember nine eleven. Us millennials, um, uh, the generation before us, they remember the Challenger rocket exploding. Now that's the sciencey part of it. The first source I listed, <laughs> you know, that's the sciencey part. That's the facts about Halley's comet. I really wanted to do that. That was to beef up the episode and get you a background. But I think it's funny how history reacted to it. Specifically, it's uh, Halley's comets coming around in 1910. That is when the the bonkers stuff really was recorded and really happened. And the first source I list on the blog, uh, it's called setthetape.com, was what turned me on to doing a Halley's Comet episode, because it pointed out the crazy crap people thought about this comet. But it isn't a reliable source as it started with, in 1910, Edward Halley discovered a comet that was going to closely pass by Earth. Well, that's odd, because Halley died in 1742. So, you know, so throughout everything that that article had only about one paragraph of information on Halley's Comet, <laughs> but I, I threw it out. But um, I still felt it was right to mention it as the episode's inspiration. The main sources of the historic scientific first portion of the episode we just read, you just listened to, are instead from NASA and Space.com, pretty good sources. But the latter half of this episode that I used about the panic and how we reacted, um, I used Wired.com as their article focused on the societal impact of Halley's Comet instead of the science of it. Um, it's more fun and what happened. Below are the bits from Wired.com's article that I liked most. Yeah, I'm going to read it. On May 6, 1910, Halley's Comet approached Earth and killed England's King Edward VII, according to some superstitious folk. No, no one could definitively say how it did it, but it certainly did. <laughs> and that wasn't, uh, and that wasn't its only offense. The Brits also figured it was an omen of coming, of a coming invasion by the Germans, while the French reckoned it was responsible for flooding the Seine. Writing the Royal Observatory, one worrywart warned the comet would cause the Pacific to change basins with the Atlantic and the primeval forest of North and South America to be swept by the briny avalanche over the sandy plains of the Great Sahara, (laughs) tumbling over and over with houses, ships, sharks, whales, and all sorts of living things in one heterogeneous mass of chaotic confusion. That is bonkers. Our oceans are going to flip because a comet's coming back. Throughout history, there's always been a bit of panic when comets approach the sun, burning off into long, ominous tails. But in the months uh, preceding Halley's flyby of Earth on nineteen or May 19th, 1910, folks got real creative with their anxiety. It didn't help that a few months earlier, the New York Times had announced that one astronomer theorized that the comet would unceremoniously end life as we know it. And I got a picture of this guy, this jabroni. French astronomer Camille Flammarion sure knew how to part a head of hair. He looks kind of weird. He was a Frenchman named Camille Flammarion, and in typical French despair, he reckoned that it was um, that as we pass through the comet's tail, uh, cyanogen gas would impregnate the atmosphere and possibly snuff out all life on the planet. Oh my gosh, how would he know that? He didn't, he made it up. <laughs> Astronomers had detected that uh, cyanogen in the tail using spectroscopy, which reveals an object's uh, composition by analyzing the light coming off it. Uh, cyanogen is a very deadly poison. A grain of a grain of its potassium salt touched to the tongue 
being sufficient to cause instant death, the paper wrote. To its credit, though, the Times noted that most astronomers did not agree with uh, Flammarion, but other enterprising capitalists uh, hatched more nefarious schemes. Fraudsters hawked anti-comet pills, <laughs> which is genius, with one brand promising to be an elixir for escaping the wrath of the heavens. <laughs> well, I love these guys. <laughs> they, know, they know how to make a buck. <laughs> While a voodoo doctor in Haiti uh, was said to be selling pills as fast as he can make them, two Texan charlatans were arrested for marketing sugar pills as the cure-all for all things Comet. But police released them when customers demanded their freedom, and gas masks, too, flew off the shelves. Uh, writes uh, Rid Path, a shepherd in Washington state was reported to have gone insane with worry about the comet, while in California, a prospector nailed his feet and one hand to a cross, and despite his agony, pleaded with rescuers to let him remain there. Churches found themselves packed to the brim with worried followers. While at home, people were going so far as to plug up keyholes to keep out the comet's vapors. Sound familiar? If you think... These people were nuts. Remember that in 2003, our government told us to seal our homes with duct tape in the event of a terrorist attack in 2003. And I remember that very vaguely. I remember that. And my dad was like, that's stupid. We're not doing that. Folks, <laughs> folks in Atlanta missed out on all the fun on account of pesky cloud cover, uh, though the Atlanta Constitution seemed relieved, declaring the clouds had, in fact, saved the city. I'd be like, no, we didn't get to see the comet. That's all that did. Weirdly, two two years after the event came, an even more fanciful theory from Sezuk Cheng Chin Lang of the Imperial Polytechnic College in Shanghai. He said, quote, it is obvious that the comet has no tail at all, and the so-called tail must be the sun rays which while passing through the body of the comet, look like a tail. Should the comet itself be transparent, it could form a convex lens. Then everything on Earth will be burnt, provided the sunlight passes through the body of the comet and the focus falls on the surface of the Earth. So <laughs> he's like, don't worry about the gases, guys. Don't worry about the, the, the heaven burning us. Uh, you know, the clouds can't save us. What it is, it's a giant lens. And if the sun hits us, it'll fry us up like ants. <laughs> Why? And the other one was, I don't know how they rationalized the, the ocean's flipping sides. That is, that is, that's the craziest one. Why, why the procrastinating warrior only got around to, pro, to proposing it after the earth had already survived is anyone's guess. So there you have it. That's what the Wired said about it. I did cut out a few things, added some of my own comments, but for the most part, I read off of Wired's article about the craziness of 1910 Haley Comet sighting. Now, I love history. What can we learn from it? What fantastic stories can it, you know, it can tell? I love that too. And Halley's Comet is a predictable metronome, keeping rhythm with the history of mankind. You know, and you, you saw what was going on with, I, I like the example of, they saw it, Jesus is born, you know, uh, or, or Giotto's painting of it. They had it, uh, King William the Bastard was like, hey, the reason I won, that comet, that comet, like, Different things. 1910 is like, we're all going to die. 1986, we're like, we have, you know, conquered spacecraft. You know, 1910, people were going to battle on horses. In 1986, we had spaceships, multiple spaceships from multiple countries. Go check this thing out. So quite a big difference in life. And, and what's going to happen in 2061? Who knows? Maybe we'll all just be zombies staring at our phones, flipping through TikTok. Who knows? Um, but it, it is. It's... if, if 
if Haley's Comet had like some kind of life form that was able to only able to see us every 76 years, wow, the story it must be concocting. Uh, I just love the this uh, astronomical celestial body and what it sees on Earth, if it can see, which I'm assuming it can't. It's, it's just a hunk of ice and dirt, but um, that's really cool. Um, I, I like I like the implications and the and the different kind of like mind, different kind of uh, yeah, like the stories that Haley's comic could tell when it sees us. And as long as the sun doesn't turn into magnifying glass and burn us like ants or flip the Atlantic and the Pacific. <laughs> now, uh, it has been here for longer than our societies are thought to have existed, and it will be here long after anyone reading or listening to this will live, assuming that Who to Thunk It podcast doesn't just indefinitely live on in a server somewhere for millennia. You know, how cool would that be if <laughs> this just was here, Who to Thunk It, my voice, my going out into the, the, the ethereal world of the internet. <laughs> you know, what's up, future people, if you're listening? <laughs> but when in 2061, when Haley's Comet comes around, or thousands of years later, did you like my multiple episodes on poop? <laughs> future societies listening trying to chronicle what it was like in 2023 well i talked about poop a lot <laughs> oh god if some distant future society stumbles upon this blog or podcast slash podcast like they will think you know they're gonna think we were all nuts based off of my words that's a lot of pressure <laughs> but those same future people will hopefully regard Haley's comment as a wonder to behold uh, I mean, think about it. Men the caliber of Mark Twain were happy to be born around the time of Haley's Comet and die when it came back around again, which is cool. This comet means so much to so many generations. Sometimes it represents panic. Others, it represents something special, something to study, something to wonder about, something to paint about. Some generation, it, it, it sort of creates both panic and wonder. So Haley's Comet's a special thing, and I had plenty of sources for this this episode, so... Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.